Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Good morning. How did you all sleep last night? Maybe the better question is, did you sleep last night? I like the eyebrows. I like Team Blaze. Okay, Team Blaze with blazing eyebrows. Should I dye my hair, Team? Yeah. Thank you. Y'all believe in me. I have a little bit. Can you see it? Thank you. I see y'all. Some of y'all wrote. I do have a little bit of hair, like like that much. Uh, I'm excited to be with you again this morning to jump into scriptures this morning. Again, we're going to be continuing the same verses we read last night, just taking it a few verses at a time. Um, but I want to start, I, I know uh, most of the people in this room are in middle school, and so I want to, it's, I've been reflecting on my years in middle school, and they were the best years of my life. No, they weren't. They were really miserable for me personally, um, but some people love middle school. High school was great for me. Middle school, I was so personally insecure. I had all these doubts about myself. I wasn't a popular guy. And um, it was just a hard time for me. But I had some great stories for you then. And maybe I've told you this one before. I don't know if you've heard this one before. I want to tell you about the first time I ever had a girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, remember, remember what I said before this. I wasn't popular. I was very insecure. Okay? So my first girlfriend, to this day, I've never personally seen in my entire life. Okay? And that's how the story starts. It goes downhill from here. So what happened is my older sister was mentoring a young lady who was about my age. And I was like, you know, my sister's mentoring her. She sounds like a pretty dynamic and amazing person. And so since they were mentoring this back then, uh, when I was growing up, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have cell phones. So they had house phones that plugged into a wall. Can you believe that? Yes. And so my sister used to talk to this girl and mentor her. And so then I said, you know what? She's a nice girl. I'm a nice guy. And my mindset was this. All girls are amazing. All they need is a good guy to treat them well. That's, that's what I used to think. Thank you. Look at you like that, right? Oh, but I learned my lesson. Here's what happened, right? So then I said, you know what? I'm a really good guy. I might be the only good guy in like all of Baltimore. So she meets me and I can be her boyfriend. We'll be good to go. So over the phone, I asked her to be my, my girlfriend. She said, yes. It's like, I'm going to show her how good of a guy I am. So I got something called a boom box. Y'all might not know what that is. It's a big radio. It was like really big. And then you would put something called tape cassettes inside of these, okay? Now, now when you listen to music, you're like, oh, you know what song I want to listen to? And you just look it up and you press that song and you play it. Back in the day, you had to fast forward through the tape cassette and guess where the song started. You, and if you pass it, you, you rewind and you guess again until you found it. So I got the tape, I put it in, and I played this amazing song. And maybe you don't know it, but maybe you do. If not, your leaders should know this song. And it goes like this. I don't know much, but I know I love you. Have you heard this? That may be all I need to know. Leaders, y'all know that song? That's a good one, right? Come on, middle school. So I put the phone to the boombox. I played the whole song. My heart is just beating fast. I'm like, she's going to think I'm the most amazing guy ever. The song ends. I put the phone in my ear, and she breaks up with me. Oh, 
All girls are great. All they need is a good guy. I'm a good guy. I played. I don't know much. Was that too soon? Maybe that was too soon. All I know is I love you. Maybe that was a little bit too intense. By the way, that was my first relationship in middle school. Crushed my heart. It lasted all about four minutes and 34 seconds, right? Crushed my heart. Another thing I did not understand in middle school, when I was your age, I was a part of church. I was a leader in church. That was one place I grew in my confidence. And so whether it was youth group, whether it was the choir, regardless of what it was, I not only participated, but I was also a leader. And what I think I learned at a very young age, and nobody necessarily said this to me, I just learned that being a Christian meant being really, really, really good and getting the approval of all the adults. I was really good at that, too. And then one of my, teen, my, my peers, who was the same age as me, she called me out one day, and to this day I remember, she came to me, she said, George, you know exactly what to do and what to say to make everybody like you. I was like, ow, that's true. But I thought that's what it meant to be a Christian. I wanted to have all the right answers and do all the right things. And the reality is, there's a lot of mess going on in my life. For me personally at that time, there's a lot of mess going on at home. And my faith was really challenged whenever I looked at what was going on in my life and at home with what I was told about Jesus every Sunday, and it wasn't kind of clicking for me. At some point in my life, that became a real struggle. But when I was at your age, I allowed that to coexist, two different realities in my life not coming together and and coexisting in different places because for me, being a Christian was looking and appearing good because guess who God loves the most? The most. The most the ones who act good. You're going ahead of me. Don't tell my sermon yet, okay? Yes. Um, but that's what I used to believe. But last night I talked to you about Jesus and that the Spirit remained on Jesus. When he was baptized, it said that John the Baptist knew that it would be the Messiah when the Spirit came down and remained on him. Right after being baptized, Jesus was led into the wilderness where he did not eat for 40 days. When he came out of the wilderness, it tells us he went to the temple. And in the temple, he stood up and he read these words from the book of Isaiah, which says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. And I told you that last night, the fact that the Spirit of God stayed and remained on Jesus changed everything. And I promise you, I'll tell you some about what that meant for us this morning. And I will. And this is what I want to encourage you with. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the goodness, uh, good news to the poor. And then he says this, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. He lists a few things in here. He lists the brokenhearted, he lists the captive, he lists the imprisoned, he lists those who mourn, and he lists those who grieve. Jesus says this, God's spirit has remained on me so that I may be sent to all the people who are in these categories. That blows my mind. Because when I was in middle school, Jesus only came to people who did good things. But Jesus is now declaring, I have come to those who are brokenhearted, to those who are captive, to those who grieve, and to those who who mourn, I ask you this morning, are you one of those people? Is there anything in your life that you've ever grieved or mourned? Maybe you're there today, maybe you've been there before. 
Is there anything in your life that has held you captive that you feel like I can't get out of the grips of this? And I know it's not right. I know it's sin. I know it hardens my heart, but I can't seem to get out of it. Has there been anything in your life that you feel like you're imprisoned to? I ask you this, those people in these places that Jesus was sent to because the Spirit remained, he was sent there. Are you one of the people that fall into that category? Or are you like me when, you were, when I was your age? Are you perfect? And everybody knows you're perfect. Everybody knows you have all the right answers. Everybody knows you make all the right decisions. And maybe deep inside there might be some burden that you're like, there's got to be more to this. You know, it was one other thing that happened to me when I was um, in middle school. Uh, I grew up personally, I grew up without a whole lot of money. And so one of the things I thought I would do is I would play football and go to the NFL and make millions and millions of dollars. Do you, anybody know the chances of anybody making it to the NFL? Is it high or small? Very, very, very small. Now, I got to play in college, but I didn't make it to the NFL. But in middle school, I started working on my autograph. Because if you go to the NFL and you make millions of dollars, then you need what? You need what? You need an autograph. I'm going to show you all my autograph and see uh, if you think, if you would approve of it. So I had two different ones. Here we go. Y'all remember my name? So this was my first autograph, right? It's still going to be worth millions of dollars one day. I don't know for what. Millions of dollars right here. Anybody wants it. Why you, you can't read it? You're not supposed to be able to. You should have saw her face. You're not supposed to be able to read it. It's not a real autograph if you can actually read it. You do know that, right? But then I got even more cool. Watch this. Instead of just doing my name separately like that, I made it kind of go together. And you see how I used that G, the bottom part of the G, to make the H? What do you think about that? Can y'all see that? Is that even better? You like, you like that autograph? I worked on my autograph because I had to practice because I was a middle schooler who was one day going to be an NFL player who meant one day I'm going to be a millionaire and everybody's going to come to me and say, give me your autograph, give me your autograph. And I would sign it like this. I practiced in middle school. Anybody have an autograph already? Anybody know how to write their signature? What's your name? Brooke, can you write your signature on here so we can see it? Would you be okay with doing that? Let's give Brooke a round of applause. Come on, Brooke. I want to see a few signatures this morning. I want to see what your signature looks like. Y'all laughed at mine, and I want to see if, how good everybody else's looks. That's good, bro. Oh. Wow. Okay. All right, everybody. This is Brooke's signature. Thank you, Brooke. I'm just getting a few more people. Anybody else want to show us your... I want to go to the back. I'm going to go all the way to the back, the burgundy sleeve. What's your name? Yes. Come on up. Round of applause. Oh, I got two burgundies. I'm sorry. I'm going to give both of y'all in. Come on. Here we go. I need two signatures. What's your name? Maya. Maya. Maya, you're going to go first, okay? Let's see Maya's signature. Oh, just M. What's your last name? Lemonature. Oh, ML. Look at that. For Maya Lemonature right there. That was a golf clap. Y'all got to give her a little bit more support than that. All right. And then, thank you, Maya. What's your name? Cooper. All right, Cooper. Let's see your signature, bud. Oh, whoa. Look at that. Y'all not ready for this. Y'all not, not ready for this. Y'all ready for this? Cooper. Ladies and gentlemen, Cooper. Round of applause. Thank you, Cooper. 
Let's see one more. One more. I saw that hand go up real quick over there. Young man, can you come up with the striped shirt on? Another golf clap. We got... So you got to give me a golf signature because they keep giving you golf claps. What's your name? Matthew. Matthew. You ready, Matthew? Don't show them yet, Matthew. Come over here so they can see. Don't show them yet. You got to let them build up to it. This is a work of art, Matthew. You need a pen? This is still a work of art, Matthew. Don't worry about it. Here we go. Y'all ready? Ladies and gentlemen, Matthew Picasso. Here we go. Thank you, Matthew. Look at that. I'm a key. I should have kept all those signatures so I can make a whole lot of money from when y'all get... One more? You want me to do one more? What's your name? Anna. Last one. Anna, here we go. Wow. Um, is your last name on here too? It's just Anna is on here. Just Anna. Ladies and gentlemen, Anna. Anna, there we go. Thank you, Anna. I had you do your signatures because I don't know if you've ever received something from Amazon. Show of hands if you've ever gotten something delivered to you. Uh, everybody, Amazon's doing pretty good with business. So a couple days ago, somebody rang my doorbell and had one of those cameras on my doorbell and I didn't feel like getting up. Because I live, I was all upstairs, like, I don't feel like getting up. Who's at my door? And it was a delivery man with some flowers. I was like, okay, I'll go get this. So I go downstairs, I run downstairs, I open the door, and he gives me these amazingly smelling flowers. And he says to me, is this where Stephanie lives, which is my wife's name? I says, yes. And I'm thinking, like, man, I did such a good job buying these flowers for my wife. And then I realized I didn't. So then I'm like, who bought flowers for my wife? <laughs> so then... Uh, he, but as I'm processing all the stuff, he gives me this thing. He says, you have to sign for these. I need you to sign so that the person who sent them can know the correct person received it. So on behalf of my wife, I signed it and gave it back and remembered that I spoke at an event a week before, and they told me they were going to send flowers to my wife to thank her, and that's where it came. They were amazing flowers. But I want you to hear this. When something is sent to us, especially through the mail, we have to sign it to make sure it, the right, correct person received it. I want to ask you this morning, if Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, was sent to the brokenhearted, was sent to the captive, was sent to the one who grieves and the one who mourns, are you willing to sign your name this morning and say, Jesus was sent to come to me? It requires your signature to say, Lord Jesus, this morning... That list of who you were sent to, I'm included. What I love is that Jesus didn't just come, and he does come. He meets us exactly where we are in our mess, but he doesn't come there to leave us there. He comes there to change us and to meet us and to transform us. But I want you to hear and to know this, that when he comes, it's important for us to say to the sender, you have found the correct person. I will sign my name because the intended person has received. Think about this this morning and for the rest of the day. Are you willing to say, yeah, I'm the brokenhearted? Yes, Jesus came. He was sent to me. I'm the one who grieves. Nobody might know about it, but I'm that one. Jesus came to me. Yes, I'm the one who mourns, or I'm the one who's captive. I'm going to end with this somewhat silly story. When I was in middle school, Maybe y'all experienced this already. My mom would always tell me to take a bath and take a shower. And y'all know, at least when I was in middle school, 
I just didn't like doing that stuff. So mom would tell me, go take a bath. That's what I would do. Kids, my kids on their back, cover your ears, kids, don't do this. All y'all cover your ears. No. But I would do this. I would go in the bathroom, I'd run the water, and then I'd take a bath. I don't know why I would go do all that work. Just take the bath, right? But then, one day, in middle school, I'm standing, I remember exactly where I was. I remember exactly the day it was, and I'm standing there, and my arms are like this, and I'm like, what's that smell? And then I realize, that's me. No wonder my mom's been telling me to take a bath. I don't even know how long it's been that I ain't taken one. And all of a sudden, I'm embarrassed, and I'm trying to cover up. I'm like, oh, I need to go home. I need to get clean. I need to be washed. And I'm sharing it with you for this simple fact. If I understood that at first that I stunk, that I was dirty, only then could I realize I needed to be clean. When we realize that we are brokenhearted, that we are broken, that we are captive, that we are prisoners, that we are the ones that Jesus was sent to, only then can we receive beauty for ashes if we first sign our names and say, yes, Lord, that's me. So, Father, thank you that Jesus was sent. I thank you that your spirit did dwell on him. I thank you that you were sent not to perfect people, but to broken people. And I pray that by your spirit, you would search our hearts and minds this morning and that you would allow us to know exactly where we are. That it's not worth faking and acting like we have something that we don't have or know something we don't know. But Lord, we are not being, being perfect is not what makes us acceptable in your sight. You were sent to us because we were in a mess. So help us to be honest with ourselves. Most importantly, help us to be honest with you. Give us the courage to sign our names and say the one whom you were sent to, yes, Lord, the brokenhearted, the grieving, the imprisoned. Yes, Lord, that is me. I receive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.